0: Love Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older and some of the best ways to enjoy life is to grab a highly entertaining read penned by one of our fellow boomers and that's why today's show is going to be in the words of our past as groovy as it gets. Our guest, Shelley Herman, is an Emmy nominated showbiz veteran, a longtime host, writer, producer, and on-screen personality with decades of success on both sides of the camera. Now she's giving us an insider's glimpse into the beginning of her career when she joined the famous NBC Studio Page program. Her memoir is entitled My Peacock Tale, Secrets of an NBC Page, and it's the story of Shelley, her fellow pages, and the delightful array of celebrities and Hollywood legends she encountered in the halls of the NBC Burbank Studios back in the 70s. And believe me, it's a real romp. I can't wait to find out more. So welcome,
1: Shelley. Thank you so much, and thank you for for helping me celebrate what is now the 90th anniversary of the NBC PAGE program. Oh, my gosh. That,
0: well, hey, that is a reason to celebrate
1: well, and, I'll, and I because I, I also write game shows for a living. I'll give you a little bit of trivia too. The youngest person to ever be hired as a page at NBC was Peter Marshall, who went on to host Hollywood Squares for NBC, and and his sister, the actress Joanne Drew, got him in on the job back in the day.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, you, just starting out, you could tell this book is. Filled with juicy tidbits, a little bit of gossip, some great stories. And I just want to start out by congratulating you because I know it's going to become a favorite read of not only your fellow boomers, but most everybody who's interested in Hollywood out there, and there's a ton of us.
1: Well, and it's also been something I've I've been very pleased because I'm getting fan mail about the book. Is It's a a girl-centric story, and it really is kind of – A how-to book on how to navigate the world, not just uh, NBC, but, you know, what to do when you're thrown into these situations that, you know, are are above our pay grade and, and how to navigate through them.
0: Well, and I also want to say, in addition, you mentioned fan mail. You've been getting great reviews. I've read many of them. Uh, My favorite one, I think it was on Amazon I found this, and I'm going to read this just so our audience knows what I'm talking about. Shelley Herman's delightful new book is funny, moving, deliciously gossipy, and sometimes harrowing but always addicting. It's a page-turner, so you've got to be, you know, kind of not only gratified but pretty excited about some of the responses you've been getting.
1: Well, and the best responses have been from my fellow NBC pages, because when we all first met back in 1976, we, you know, they say you're born into certain families, and then you choose families, and, and we became a family, and, and and even to this day, we see each other about once a month, we, we celebrate our birthdays, uh, we've been to each other's weddings, to our parents' funerals, I mean, all of the big milestones in our lives and and several of the people aren't even working in the entertainment industry anymore but we've just stayed this close with each other because we have this common bond of NBC and I'm so grateful that that we had zoom during the pandemic because I was able not only to keep in touch with my friends here in California but I was able to reach out to pages that were in South Carolina in Florida in New York, all over the country, and that's how all of these stories came together for the book.
0: Well, yes, because I I recall, I think you wrote it in the introduction, you were sharing all these stories, again, during the pandemic, and your, you know, Zoom get-togethers, and I think you mentioned somebody should write a book, and then it dawned on you, well, might as well be me, right?
1: (laughs) I wasn't doing anything. I didn't know how to make sourdough bread, so I figured I'd give it a (laughs) shot. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I'm so, so glad you did. So let's start out, though, with a little bit of the basics for non-showbiz folks like me. Uh, what exactly is an NBC page? Because as you mentioned, now it's the 90th anniversary. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what a, what a page does, maybe back then, and you know if there's any updates, whatever.
1: Well, the program started out as an executive training program. And it's continued that tradition with both men and women now. Uh, We are given 18 months to learn as much as we can while we're at NBC. Uh, It starts off where we would give tours of whether it was 30 Rock in New York or the the former NBC facility in Burbank, which is no more, sadly. And Mm -hmm. we would do the tours. We would usher TV shows like The Tonight Show, Midnight Special, Hollywood Square, Sanford and Son, the list goes on and on and on. And while we were doing these jobs, we would try to meet the different producers, writers, executives, sound people if you wanted to become a sound engineer, lighting people if you wanted to go into lighting design. And hopefully by then, you could get an entry level job in the next profession that you would choose. In my case, I took a job where I was reading scripts at NBC, trying to figure out which would be good to make TV movies from. And the woman I was working for, her boyfriend, uh, got uh, had a position for an assistant, and she suggested that I do that job, which was a wonderful leg up to work immediately as an assistant to a vice president. But the reason she did it, not only because I was fabulous and wonderful and blah, 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 but it was her <laughs> boyfriend. And she, she knew I'd keep an eye on him if he was having any girls call the office. So, <laughs> so that's how I got my job off the paid staff.
0: Oh, Shelly, again, an example of some of the things you're going to find in this book. Not only is it, you know, juicy and gossipy and wonderful and all that, but it's funny. You've got the best sense of humor. I want to say that right off the top.
1: Well, thank you. But, you know, working around some of the, the comedy greats back when I was there, you know, Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Jay Leno, Red Fox, you know, there was, there was a lot to, there's a lot to learn there. I, I, I guess that was one of those jobs that I, I, I should have paid them to do it, but it was also one of those jobs that I learned what not to do. And I think that's also very valuable when, when trying to navigate my career. So, again, very grateful to having been a part of the NBC
0: PAGE program. Well, and you mentioned uh, Peter Marshall, uh, but there are other names out there that we, you know, folks in the general population would recognize. So can you drop a few of those at some of, uh, former pages that we might recognize?
1: Well, I'll tell you, there's um, a, one of our page friends, Sherry Eisenstein kellner has gone on to great success writing for Broadway. She's written the Musical Sister Act and has a... Um, uh, another one that uh, that she's in that works for now that's trying out of town, there's a man by the name of Pete Hammond who writes for Deadline Hollywood, which is, his column is like the premier source of, of film information anywhere in, in showbiz. Pete is a very well-liked and well-respected guy. Um, one of our pages went on to become an executive producer for The Tonight Show when Jay Leno was I mean, I could go on and on with, with, you know, we're we're out there. We're all over the place. (laughs) And
0: what a great, like you say, you know, kind of building education. (laughs) Not only did you get, you know, to mingle with these people who most of us will never get to meet in our lives, but you got a real solid education in the entertainment industry and went on from there.
1: Yeah. And it would really be nice to wake up and go to work and, not only see all the guests that were going to be on the Johnny Carson show, but every once in a while, you'd see Ringo Starr or Paul McCartney or John Wayne or Bob Hope. You know, it was a, a very exciting time to be there, and it was a, a much simpler time too because there weren't all of the metal detectors and going through people's purses. and It was it was a much it's a much easier. Atmosphere. It was like a neighborhood. We could, we could walk from stage to stage to see what was being taped at any given day. Midnight Special was being done there. I saw every rock and roll band that was successful from the 70s and the 80s while I was in oh NBC. I, I couldn't afford to buy a ticket to see these people, but I could see them at midnight special. Or, so well, really
0: literally rub elbows with them. So you mentioned a, a few names here, but what were some of the TV shows that, you know, we would recognize that were around in the mid-70s when you were there?
1: Well, I guess the biggest one was The Tonight Show. Uh, and that was always a lot of fun. And that, that would tape five days a week um johnny would have a guest host that would come in on monday and that might be you know anybody from from richard dawson to david letterman joan rivers george carlin uh, john davidson so that was always kind of different every every monday night to stir that up a little bit uh we would have chico and the man with uh freddie prince and jack albertson back in the day i mean the first celebrity that i ever saw was janet lee when i helped her carry her garment bag over to Hollywood Squares, and oh, this was really fun, too, is um, when I was a little kid, I happened to see a a production of Peter Pan with Vincent Price, and he was on Hollywood Squares one day, and I went over to him, and I said, oh, my gosh, I saw you in Peter Pan, and you just scared the heck out of me, and he (laughs) said, oh, good, I was doing my job. (laughs) I just thought that was fabulous.
0: Oh, gosh, Shelly, well, and too, you lucked out, I mean, you were, you were really, you got a plum assignment because you were a page on the Tonight Show.
1: Yes, and you know, it's kind of fun to say like a plum assignment, it was a very difficult task, it was, you know, filling the audience with 450 people, all of whom wanted to sit in the front row, so it got a little bit, you know, dicey that way, but then when the Johnny would do his monologue. I had to turn my back to Johnny and keep my eye on the crowd to make sure somebody wasn't going to try to rush the stage or throw something on the stage or something like that. So as as much as I was there, I didn't see a lot of The Tonight Show. I heard a lot of The Tonight Show. <laughs> Wow, and then there was something about,
0: I, I I think it was a Tonight Show, but I, I can't remember because you write about a lot of different shows, but there, were, there was kind of a thing where they wanted attractive young people in the first rows? Yeah,
1: we had a secret code, we called them DF, down front, and it's not just Johnny Carson that did this, a lot of the shows did this, where, it, because the lights are so bright when you're a performer, you can only see like the first two or three rows of the audience, and Johnny, Jay Leno, a lot of them, wanted to see vibrant, happy, smiling young people. You know, They didn't want to see Uncle Fred sitting there with a grumpy look <laughs> on his face uh, because the audience gives the performers their energy too. So we would have to be very careful to go out on the line as people were waiting for this, to see the show. And we would pull people out and go hi, it's just the two of you. Great. Uh, come on over here. And, and we would kind of you know secretly get them seated but we had to make sure that Uncle Fred wasn't in the restroom <laughs> while we were pulling the uh, the vibrant young people to come in and it, and then conversely there was a, an episode where um we were doing uh the Richard Pryor show and people had been lined up for about 8 hours and Richard wanted the first 3 rows of people to all be guests that were black and that would have caused A riot had people who'd been waiting eight hours, but Richard's friend, Paul Moody, who's a a brilliant comic in his own right, he's, he's since left us, but Paul was very, very smart, and he went to the back of the line, and he grabbed people and brought them in secretly and sat them in the first three rows so that there wasn't any problem that way. Oh, my gosh. She did,
0: like I say, this is just an example of some of these things that we would never know. Uh, and I don't want to put you on the spot, uh, just a little bit, but the, okay. my peacock tail is filled with lots of insider glimpses of stars when they're being themselves. I know you saw various ones in their undies, and I don't want you to give away too
1: many juicy details, but do you have one or two little stories you'd share with us? Um, well, I mean, I did see Joe Namath in his underwear. That was kind of uh, (laughs) lovely. Um, but you know why he was a lot, you know, a lot of times male celebrities don't put their trousers on until they're getting ready to go on because they don't want to get the trousers wrinkled. But in Joe's case, um, he, I went into the dress, you know, they said, come in, you knock on the dressing room door. And he was taping up his knees because his knees were so bad back in the day from his football career. And, I really saw him struggling. So I wasn't oh. so much compared about boxers or briefs. I was I was more concerned about his knees at that point. Poor guy. Yeah. But, well, but no, and so, and, too, and, I, and I I I did date a few people too. So I saw them in their underwear, but you know, that's our little secret. <laughs>
0: Well, and I will say I, I won't give anything away But some stars, you know, you kind of knew Could be, you know, grouchy and grumpy And self-absorbed and all that But other stars were a bit of a surprise When they might not have been as gracious In uh, real life as they appeared on stage Or when they were being interviewed So it really is an insider's g- glimpse Into, you know, a lot of uh, A lot of celebrities that we, we knew Growing up Growing up, not growing up
1: I I I can honestly say that like the bigger they were the nicer they were because uh i I tell a story about red fox and frank sinatra and an encounter i had with them in the book and it it couldn't have been nicer and and john wayne would always stop in the hallways and talk to the the tour groups as they would go by It, it was it was lovely well, and
0: another thing, too, is you write in the book, and I thought this was a really touching story, and I'm sorry, I'm flaking on his name. I am a boomer, so my memory isn't what it should be, but the gentleman that was the shine guy, he met all these people, Floyd. and they adored him.
1: Floyd, the shine man, who had started his career as a shine guy before coming to NBC, but they put a little shine booth right outside Johnny Carson's studio, and it became kind of a tradition for the guests of the tonight show to get their shoes shined by Floyd because it was considered good luck. But if you came early in the morning and went up to the executive suites, you'd find a bunch of guys wearing suits and ties, walking around in their stocking feet because Floyd would go up there, grab all their shoes and shine them up before their lunch meetings. And uh, he had quite a lovely little reputation and and a, and a nice little gig going for himself there. Wow, well, now I'm going to ask a tough question
0: too, because if you had a chance to wave a magic wand and go back and work on one show since you win you know you had the joy and pleasure of working on so many who who what star would you want to work with?
1: Well, I had a very body experience working the night of the nineteen seventy seven Emmy Awards, and one of the jobs that the pages have is if there's a celebrity that's doing an event for NBC, we would pick them up at their homes or their hotels in a limousine, and bring them to the event and, and serve as like NBC's ambassador and make sure that the talent had whatever it is they needed to do whatever they needed to do. And um, I got to pick up Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca. And um, I got to tell you, it was it was kind of having my own personal year show of shows in the back of the limousine oh, and the two God. of them were yip, 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 yip at each other the whole time and I could tell she was just rattling on and he was rolling his eyes and uh, and it was real, it was real sweet because she was bragging to me that she was wearing a gown that she had first worn in the 50s and how she could still fit into it. And Sid was wearing a little bit of a tattered tuxedo, and the two of them looked like they were the topper of an old wedding cake. They were just so adorable. And the minute Emma Jean came off the stage from doing her presentation on the Emmy Awards, the whole back seam of her dress busted open. And uh, Sid was very gallant. (laughs) And it it was really sweet. Sid took off his tuxedo jacket and put it around her shoulders and and took them back to the limousine, and, and that was that for the evening for them. And that's, that's kind of in my mind's eye. Oh, and I met Alfred Hitchcock that night too. So yeah, that would be the night I would go back and do over again.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, like I mentioned, and like I know our audience is well aware of at this point, this book is a romp of a read. It's juicy. I couldn't put it down. But as the author, uh, what do you hope your readers will get out of the book?
1: Well, I'm, I'm so glad you have this show. Because um, I am a proud 68-year-old woman. Um, I still think I've got it going on. And I started writing this book two and a half years ago. And I thought, why wait so long to do something like this? Don't postpone gratification. Go out there and have fun. It's cliche, but it's never too late. You just have to figure out a way to do it. If you can't go in the front door, go in the side door. Climb through the transom. But if there's something you've been yearning to do, do it. You're the only one stopping you. So, And especially for women, because for so long we did, did, did for so many other people. Now it's time right. to do for ourselves. Yippee. <laughs> yes, right on.
0: <laughs> groovy, girlfriend. <laughs> oh, showy, Very this groovy. has been such a... <laughs> such a delight thank you so much for sharing your time all these delicious insider details and of course this fun and fascinating book I, I really do hope all our listeners out there especially those who like me uh, who are hooked on stories about showbiz and of course insider tidbits of the stars check out my Peacock Tales Secrets of an NBC page it's a real page turner and I cannot thank you the author enough for joining us stay groovy I'll try. Right on, man. (laughs) So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Sam, I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.